Letter thirty two of the History of Lady Barton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Devorah Allen. The History of Lady Barton by Elizabeth Griffith. Letter thirty two. Miss Cleveland to Lady Barton. A thousand thanks to my dear Louisa for the pleasing, painful entertainment which she has taken the trouble of affording me, which is, at present, more particularly suited to my situation than any other that could possibly be devised. In quest of happiness, we should forever cast our eyes downward, and the tears that flow from them in contemplating the miseries of those who are more wretched than ourselves will at last stifle the voice of self-love and silence the complaints that arise from lesser sorrows sometimes imaginary ones. When I compare my sufferings with those of the unfortunate Olivia, I am shocked at my own ingratitude and impiety for having ever dared to say I was unhappy. The greatest misery I have endured falls infinitely short of the least of hers. Like her, I have been forsaken by the man I love, but then I have not, like her, been exposed to want and ignominy. Sheltered in the fostering arms of tender and affectionate friends, who sympathize even with my weakness in lamenting an inconstant lover, blessed with reputation, health, and fortune. These circumstances render the comparison so very unfair that it must be disadvantageous to make it. No, she is alone the paragon of unearned sufferings, and I hope there is not any one person living who has a right to dispute the painful preeminence with her. But where is she now, Louisa? It is not possible that you can have left her in that pandemonium, which the great fiend inhabits. I cannot speak of Colonel Walter in milder terms. I am provoked that the Infernal should have any shadow of pretense for his barbarity to his angelic wife. When the world once gets hold of a tale of scandal, it is not easy to wrest it from them. That wicked marchioness! But there will be no end to my letter if I go on entering into particulars. All I can say upon the whole is this, that I fear your bringing her to Southfield may engage Sir William in a strife, either with the colonel or yourself. No one can tell which part he will take. I should rather apprehend his siding with the monster and quarrelling with you for intermeddling. To avoid all this apprehension, if Mrs. Walter be able to bear the journey, on the easiest terms it can be made to her, request you to send her and her child over to me as quick as possible. I will receive her with open arms and do everything in my power to procure her health and peace. I have no person to whom I am accountable for my conduct, and therefore stand clearer from difficulty in this affair than you do. I hope these reasons will incline both Mrs. Walter and you to comply with my entreaty, and that I shall soon have the happiness of embracing the two lovely Olivias. She may depend on my secrecy. I can prepare this family in half an hour for the reception of a lady and her daughter from France, whom I have invited to spend some time with me. I will carry her to Bristol or any other place that may aid her recovery. She must not die, Louisa and for heaven's sake, let me have the happiness of being concerned in her preservation. I fear self has predominated too much in this wish, for indeed I look forward with an uncommon degree of impatience to the pleasure of having it in my power to serve such an amiable creature. Do, my Louisa, then, indulge me with the true enjoyment of the fortune I am possessed of. Let me know the transport of succoring merit in distress, and I shall henceforward look upon riches as a real blessing." I have this moment received a letter from our dear brother that has amazed me. What, think you, is the pretended request of the dying Delia? Why, nothing more than that Sir George should marry her mother. I have long suspected her passion for my brother, 
I knew her to be an artful, that is, in other words, a vile woman. I cannot help the evil thoughts which obtrude themselves on my mind with regard to my dear Delia's death. If Mrs. Colville be innocent, heaven forgive me, but I have not charity enough to pray for her if she should be guilty. Sir George does not express half the horror that I feel at this shocking proposal, the gratification which our vanity receives in knowing we are beloved, even by the most worthless person, can, I perceive, soften our contempt into compassion, and deceive us so far as to make us think such pity the offspring of our virtue. However, do not be alarmed, for though he speaks somewhat too tenderly of her pretended sorrow, I am certain no power on earth could ever make him think of such an unnatural alliance. I have little to say of myself. Nothing of moment has happened to me since I wrote last and I endeavour to think as little as possible of what happened before. Adieu, my dear Louisa. I hope there is a letter of yours now travelling towards me, for I am most extremely impatient to know what you have done or intend to do with Mrs. Walter. I beg you to assure her of my affectionate regard, and to believe me ever most truly yours, F. Cleveland. End of Letter 32